Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Matt Bove here along with Sal Capaccio, Bill's beat reporter and sideline reporter for WGR 550. I'm over at Channel 7 here in Buffalo. Sal, my voice sounds normal again. Mm, This is probably the first non-nasally podcast that we have done in, I don't know, a couple (laughs) weeks now. I've I've been battling, Sal. Iron sharpens iron over here. Yeah. Well, listen, you sound a lot better. I said that to you when we jumped on this together. Hey, man, you're sounding a lot better. It's great. To hear you sounding better, it's great that you feel better. You know, it is it's it's your it's your tools, right? I mean, if you're um if you're a handy person, a handyman, um, you know, you 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 swing a hammer and you screwdrivers and things like that. Like that's not me. I'm not the handyman. Um, what we do, our business, we talk, and mm-hmm. you have to be on camera a lot. I'm not as much. We do I do something like this, but those are our tools for work, for our livelihood. And you know, when you can't talk, you know. I wake up in the morning and have a raspy voice. Like I, it's tough to do a three hour radio show, four hour radio show, you know? And, um, some people might say you sound better anyway, if you're not on the radio because you're, <laughs> because you're like that and you got to take off, but no, it's true. Right. So I think that, you know, even if you're feeling okay and your voice isn't great in this business, we're always like, ah, I don't really know what I can do here because you don't want to, you don't want to kind of um, let anybody down with how you sound. And they turn on and go, wait a minute. Like, what are you sounding like here? Well, they've probably been let down with how I sound for my entire <laughs> career. So this is nothing different. I just sounded a little bit different. It's like the scene in Anchorman. It's like no touching or the hair or the face. That's always right. the joke in like TV news. It's like, oh, got to protect. It's even funny. I played hockey growing up. And then once I got it to like Channel 7, I started playing pickup with a bunch of media guys, a bunch of them that you know, too. And I always wore a full cage, even though... I'm an adult at this point, And like, there's nobody saying that I have to wear a cage. I was just so worried about something happening and like getting hit with a puck or like getting a stick in the face. And then it was going to have to miss work. So I was always like really, really cognizant of that. So yeah, it feels good to finally once again, sounds like myself. Do you like your voice? I hate my voice. Even my like fully normal voice. If I hear it back, I cringe a little bit at it. I don't know why. Well, that's the thing I think with most people, if you record yourself, and then you listen to yourself play back. I've heard from so many people. I can't listen to my own voice. I sound horrible. Um, I don't mind. I, I think I was probably maybe the same growing up a little bit like, oh, boy, it sounds a little bit different. What you sound like when you play back is what you sound like to other people. Mm-hmm. Your your voice when you talk doesn't sound like that to me or vice versa. It's how we sound when we hear ourselves play back. No, I don't think I I mean, I, I think I have a good voice for radio. It's not a great voice. I'll talk to people and they'll say. Boy, yeah, I say they'll ask me what I do and I tell them they're like, oh, you have a really good voice for it. And I'm like, I don't know if I really do. I've heard people have great voices for radio, 
I don't think I'm like that. So I think it's it's good enough. It's passable. Um, I don't hate my voice, but at the same time, you definitely say sometimes, yeah, it's a little bit different than what you thought. And I would record myself growing up just like everybody else would and say to myself, oh, my God, that kind of sounds a little bit weird. So now that we're here, we have uh, our voices back. You are feeling better. That's great. Uh, I know um, we were out at OTAs. But not the dominant storyline, what's going on on the field this week, Matt. We should be using our voices now to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and what we ultimately think is going to happen and if the Bills are going to sign him. Now, I want to lead off with this. Chances are it doesn't happen because there are 31 other teams. And just simple math tells us that there's a better chance he signs somewhere else than he signs in Buffalo. But... That, at least in my mind, does not take the Bills out of it. And I also think that they are probably pretty interested in adding a player like that. So this has been something that has lingered now for a couple days. It started before the long weekend. That was a big deal. Nothing has happened. So now that we're several days removed from this, Sal, do you think it's possible? Do you think it's likely? Or do you think it doesn't happen at all? So... By the time people hear this, DeAndre Hopkins could have signed somewhere, right? We are talking right now and recording this on Wednesday morning. It is exactly 8.44 a.m. I'm looking right now, okay? Just so everybody knows. And if something happens, we don't know. But as of this moment, I still believe the Bills are interested. I don't think the Bills are going to go above and beyond to try and make it happen, meaning break the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so to speak, give them a really, really big contract. They don't have a lot of salary cap space. They'd have to get creative. I do think there's something to the, well, if the Chiefs are interested and the Bills are interested. You don't want them going to the Chiefs. However, I don't think that's the one thing the Bills are, like, I don't think the Bills are going to say, oh my God, he's going to the Chiefs. We got to do whatever it takes to get him. I don't think that's going to happen. The Bills can't and they shouldn't and they won't operate in a manner that is something against what they want just because another team wants it, if that makes sense. They're not going to sign DeAndre Hopkins just because the Chiefs might do it. If they want DeAndre Hopkins and the Chiefs want DeAndre Hopkins, then I do think it matters to them that the Chiefs want DeAndre Hopkins and they'll maybe push a little bit harder. I don't think it's likely as I sit here right now. I think it was more likely back in March, April, if they could have worked something out. And according to the sourcing from Albert Breer and Jeremy Fowler and others, there was, I mean, Albert Breer wrote something in SI.com that said the Bills, you know, they were going down that road, and so were the Chiefs. So I have no reason to believe they wouldn't do that anymore now that he's a free agent and they can kind of work out their own contract and not give up assets. It just wouldn't make sense that they wouldn't be interested. I just think that a lot of the equation has changed with drafting Dalton Kincaid, not having as much salary cap space, thinking about, you know, how much he wants. And then I think that's the ultimate probably thing that doesn't get it done is he probably wants something close to what Odell Beckham got, if not more. And I don't think the bills are interested in doing that. I hear everything you're saying. I think that I agree. I agree with you from the Bills' standpoint, but I also think that you are right in the middle of a window and now is the time to be overly aggressive. And I don't want to say move mountains for one player, but if you got to change up some things, if you got to move some money around, I think they should be looking into it. And I, and I really do from the people that I've talked to and from the things that I've heard and I've read and everything that's out there, I think they are looking into it, but I don't think they are going to break the bank. I don't think they should break the bank, but I think they should be doing everything in their power to add this player. Because right now, I think if you take the wide receiver group and you see how does it stack up compared to the rest of the league, 
I think it's probably average. You have a really, really elite player in Stefan Diggs, and you have a really good young player in Gabe Davis. After that, we don't know about Trent Sherfield. We don't know about Deontay Hardy. Yeah, you like what they could be, but who knows if they ultimately get to that level. And if you have an injury to one of your big two guys, I mean, it's almost like OTAs. We're out at OTAs. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but there's no digs there. Gabe Davis misses a day. And now you have Trent Sherfield as your kind of top option there. I don't think you would feel comfortable if that was the case going into the season or even if you just had one of Diggs or Davis. I think DeAndre Hopkins makes your offense that much more dynamic, and then I think other teams would have to try and figure out, how do you stop the Bills? Because you've got two really solid tight ends that you like, you've got some great wide receivers, and you've got, most importantly, Josh Allen. I think DeAndre Hopkins wants to be here, but I also think he wants to be a lot of places. I think that there's probably six, seven, eight teams that he would ultimately end up signing with, if he truly is going to try and win a Super Bowl or contend for a championship. If he wants to get a payday, which all power to you, if you do, and there's a team out there that's going to give you 12 or $13 million, and these contending teams can only give you five or six, I don't know about, it would be great to win, but like if I was in that position, I'm taking the money. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a massive difference. If it's close, if it's a team that's not a contender is offering $8 million, and the Bills and the Chiefs and other teams are offering $6 million, I think that's probably a conversation. But the wider that margin gets, the more likely it is that he goes and takes the money. I, I think they should do it, but I don't think they will, is kind of my overall thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, so I think we're pretty much on the same page. Like, I am I think they should go out and try and do it. I just, I don't see it happening right now as I sit here because I think he will want to be paid. I don't, I'm not thinking that DeAndre Hopkins is going to say, oh my God, pay me top dollar. But look, I mean, the Odell Beckham Jr. contract matters probably here. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, got what? Yeah. 15 million. He got 12 guaranteed plus three, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is probably looking at somewhere in that neighborhood. Why wouldn't he? He's like, Hey man, I've been to, I'm a three-time all pro and I've, you know, put in a lot of work in this league and I'm an elite wide receiver. Now there are some people who will tell you he's not as good as he used to be. He can't run as well. Um, you know, the route trees may be a little bit more limited than what it used to be. I think those are conversations you have to have internally, but as far as the player himself and what he's looking for, and by the way, it's worth noting, he hired an agent. He was his own representative on Monday. It was reported. He's now hired an agent. So what does that tell you, Matt? That tells you that they're going to go around the league and go, look, you're getting Deandre Hopkins. Like I'm not coming here for $2 million. So Mm -hmm. I I think that because of that, I don't see the bills able to do it. I, I don't think the bills should go much higher than, I don't know, what are we talking? What's the kind of six, seven you just mentioned, something like that. And even then you have to get creative because they don't have that kind of cap space. But I agree with you. I think they should look into it. I think they will look into it. Ultimately, we're sitting here next week when we hear about DeAndre Hopkins signing with a team. Is it the Buffalo Bills? I would say it's less likely than more likely. I think one of the things that I ultimately go back to, and this is how I feel about a lot of players, and it's how I feel about coaches and just different stuff around the league. If he signs with the Chiefs, right, Bills fans are going to be livid. They're going to be like, oh, my goodness, like, how are we going to keep up with that team now? And if you have a guy like that, chances are you want to add him to your team. You shouldn't be doing it just to keep him away from other teams, but to also strike fear in your opponents and be like, wow, look at how good this team is. And I still think, I've said this on the podcast several times, 
I think the Bills are better. They have a better roster going into this season than they did at the end of last season. Even though they lose Tremaine Edmonds, all of these different factors, I like the depth additions that they have made along the way. But you look in the division and you look at what the Jets did with Aaron Rodgers and you look at what the Dolphins did with Vic Fangio and Jalen Ramsey, those teams made splashes. The Bills have not done any splashes this offseason. That's okay. Usually teams that win the offseason don't end up winning actually games on the football field. I think this would be a way of kind of putting a bow on what I think to be a really strong offseason and make it a great offseason. Make it an offseason where you're like, okay, the expectation is to go win a Super Bowl. And I think it still is that, but I think it's a more realistic expectation if you add that one more playmaker, that one more piece. Because the last time we saw them on the field, they scored 10 points. And I know that their backs were against the wall. The weather stunk. The offensive line wasn't good. But I am not completely sold on the offense. I like, I think Josh Allen is one of the best players in the NFL. But I'm not completely sold on the offense and on Ken Dorsey yet. I think DeAndre Hopkins would help both of those things. In an alternate reality that we would all love if the Bills had already won a Lombardi, right? Let's just say that for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's say they won one over the last three years. They're not even in this conversation to do this now, right? Nope. Nope. Isn't that amazing? Like how it cha- it does change the equation of what you said. You're in this window and you haven't won it yet, I think, is the big thing. Like, this is your chance. So I think that does apply a little more pressure to the front office to get something like this done as opposed to letting them go to a team like the Chiefs, where, as you said, Bills fans are going to be like, wait a minute. You haven't won this thing yet. This is a guy that can help you get over the top. Give us one. You know, j- the T-shirt, just one before I die, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is your chance to do that. So I think that does kind of heighten the pressure a little bit for them to say, mm, you know, do we need to go out and do this? We should go out and do this. The other one is, though, the guy you didn't mention, you know, when we were back at the owners meetings and we were back in April talking about this, there was no draft yet. Then there was a draft and they drafted Dalton Kincaid. They got mm-hmm. another weapon. They're going to use this guy on the field. You mentioned Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. All those guys matter. What about the fact that they've drafted Dalton Kincaid now? I'm thinking about if they did bring DeAndre Hopkins in, how does he fit? Yes, he's. He's been an elite wide receiver and you, you want as many weapons as possible, but don't you have to think about how you've constructed your team now versus what you were a month and a half ago when you were going down these trade talks? Sure. But Dalton Kincaid is an addition that doesn't just help you short term, but it's a long-term addition. I think of Deandre Hopkins as a one or two year contract that is strictly here to come help you win a Super Bowl. And I honestly have some reservations about how the bills are going to use him because it's how I feel about them using really any rookies, the rookies that they've had, they are really, really kind of, overprotective with getting them on the field. And maybe Dalton Kincaid, maybe that's just because nobody has completely knocked their socks off and they've forced their hand in getting them on the field. I think of last year, but you think of Kyrie Elam, you think of James Cook, you think of like all of the guys from last year's class. And really for most of the classes before that, there's some exceptions in there. Tremaine Edmonds is an exception. Uh, Gabe Davis is an exception. And Oliver is an exception. But I don't know if Dalton Kincaid will be because they have another tight end, even though they're going to do different things most of the time. That's why I think like another addition that immediately helps you, because even though Dalton Kincaid has the potential to immediately help you, I don't know if he's going to. Yeah, I understand that. I here. Let me phrase it this way, too. Let me ask it in a different way. Let's just say we find out today, tomorrow, whatever. DeAndre Hopkins is signed by the Bills. You add him, now you have Stephon Days, Gabe Davis, DeAndre Hopkins, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield, Justin Shorter's drafted. 
Who's the most negatively impacted from a football sense? Gabe Davis. No way, I think. See, I think that's that's a great discussion. I don't agree at all. I think Gabe Davis is still a very big part of what they do. They might I, I don't disagree with you, but I think Gabe Davis, you probably lose targets, you probably lose catches and touchdowns and lose. Doesn't Stefan Diggs too though? Yeah, but Stefan Diggs already has his contract. Gabe Davis doesn't have his contract yet. Okay, I'm talking about from a snap. Let, let's talk about that for a second. I'm talking about from a snap percentage this year. Okay. From a, like, who is most na- from the roster? Like, is there a guy that just doesn't make the roster now, for example? You know what I mean? If you take a look, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about Gabe Davis's future in Buffalo. That's another okay. discussion. So yeah. I apologize. That you, you, you're you're bringing up the, uh, the right point here on Gabe Davis. You're good. What I'm asking you <clears throat> is, take the roster right now. You add DeAndre Hopkins. Who's left out? That you would normally had in. Probably, I mean, it's probably the easiest answer, but probably Justin Shorter. I mean, I don't know how he makes the team if you have all of these other things. I saw your colleague at WGR and your co-host, Joe DiBiase, talking about Khalil Shakir potentially not making the team. I don't see an option, an area for that to happen. So I think he would be safe. I think Hardy and Sherfield would both be safe. Obviously, Diggs and Davis are safe. And then you'd have DeAndre Hopkins. I think those would be your six wide receivers. I think it would hurt the target share for Diggs. I think it would hurt the target share for Trent Sherfield. Deontay Hardy kind of does different stuff. So I don't know how much he would really be impacted. It would, I don't know. They would all get probably 20 less targets collectively. Because, I mean, if you're bringing in DeAndre Hopkins, that's a guy who needs, what, a baseline of 75 targets probably on the season. That's the baseline. So are you just going to release your fifth round draft pick then? Because you added, I, you know, these are things yeah. I think about, like, don't, yeah. do, doesn't Brandon Bean think about this? Like, Hey, I understand. Like people can say, sell you're crazy. It doesn't matter if you get Deandre Hopkins, that's fine. But you have to think from a roster construction standpoint, like, am I going to just wave my fifth round pick and he goes on waivers and someone else can pick him up? If Justin shorter or any fifth round pick, is potentially blocking the Bills from adding DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not suggesting that you're saying that. I, right. I, just, I know that you're posing a question. If that is even in the conversation, then that general manager does not deserve to have a job. Great way to put it. I think that if DeAndre Hopkins is added, I think either Sherfield or Hardy aren't making this team. Okay. I see what you're saying. Um, Justin Shorter is more of a special teams guy who – probably has a path to make the team because they don't want to lose a fifth round pick that they invested in and they're going to keep them on a rookie contract. I, I think that from a football standpoint, it comes down to one of those guys and maybe even Khalil Shakir, although I think that they're higher on Shakir than us. Certainly my colleague Joe probably thinks they are, but I, I think so too. I think it comes down to one of those three guys. I don't know if there's a spot for them. Well, (sighs) This is an interesting conversation. There's so many layers to this because if Justin Shorter is going to make the team like to play special teams, then maybe they keep an extra wide receiver because they don't have that body with running backs like they had with Taiwan Jones for years past. We talked about the rule changes from this upcoming season with the kickoffs and stuff like that. Maybe Tyler Medikevich doesn't make the team and you keep an extra wide receiver and Justin Shorter is your strictly special teams guy. But I don't know. I think that you like Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield is here for speed and he's here for like the big playability that he provides. Deontay Hardy is here to basically not replace Isaiah McKenzie, but you would like to see somebody kind of take on that role. And that's what Deontay Hardy is here for. I think if you added 
DeAndre Hopkins, you could really start to get creative with Diggs and with Davis. You could start lining up Diggs in the slot. Like you could go wide with Diggs, Davis, Hopkins, and like Kincaid. Like that would be a really, really tough matchup for any team. I, I don't think that any of the f- moves that they have made prior should have a massive impact. I, I see what you're saying. It will, but I don't think it should. I think at the end of the day, you're probably right that Justin Shorter would be the the odd man out because, hey, we'll, we'll deal with it. Fifth round pick. Hopefully nobody picks him up. We'll get him back on the practice squad. You could probably go down that route. And you're right. The point that you made is correct, which is if that's blocking your path, DeAndre Hopkins, then come on. What are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but I do I do look at it from a football standpoint and say, like, hey, I, I signed these guys to help me here and help me there. Like, what? The, how many guys can I have on the roster and where will they all fit? That brings us to Gabe Davis. Let's talk about that. 